If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another solo episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. And today's episode is, it's one that I have been asked about a lot. I think we as a society have grown up with the idea of the five stages of grief, I think we as a society love step-by-step like diagrams and we like to have roadmaps, especially when we are entering into something that is painful, uncomfortable, or unknown. So today I'm going to be talking about the different stages of a breakup. And because I've been asked this so much, there have been, (laughs) I have like so many scrap pieces of paper where I'm actually like trying to map out more of a step-by-step thing of the different stages of a breakup. But what kept happening is, to me, it just didn't feel right to say like, this is the step-by-step because it's just so different for everyone. And I can't really say like, well, first you're going to feel this and then you're going to feel this because the reality of you know, what I specialize in in breakups is you can feel four things on the same day. You hear me talk about how breakups are such an emotional roller coaster and you can go from feeling really grateful and in acceptance in the morning and then be absolutely devastated in the afternoon and then feel angry at night. So that's just, I think, how it works. So What you'll notice in this episode is I'm not going to say step one, step two. I'm going to talk about different stages of a breakup really in no particular order. So before I really dive into the different stages, I want to make some disclaimers. And the first one is kind of like I said, it's these are not necessarily in any specific order. The reason I don't want to put them in order is I don't want someone listening to think, oh shoot, I missed that step or uh, I haven't gotten to that step yet. And I don't want anyone to think that anything's wrong with them. That's like the exact opposite of what I try to do 
in this podcast and on my page is I don't want anyone to think they're doing something wrong or feeling anything wrong because there's no there's just no wrong way to feel after a breakup so they're in no specific order. The second thing is they're just not a straight line. It's going to be a very <laughs> crooked line with a bunch of circles around it and circling back and doing U-turns and um, like I said, you can feel probably all of these stages in, in a single week. You can probably feel all these stages in a single day. But again, this is not a straight line. And if you aren't experiencing them in a straight line, it does not mean that you're doing anything wrong. The next thing is it's not universal. What I have you know, compiled together is the stages Um, that I've experienced, the stages I've seen clients experience, what I get from DMs. Like I really do my best to keep my finger on the pulse of what my followers are feeling. So, but this doesn't mean everyone feels all these same things. There are some breakups where someone is much more angry than someone else and someone might not really experience anger at all. There are some people who don't experience sadness. I got that question the other day. What if I feel relieved? And I said, that's great. That means that the breakup was the right decision, clearly. So again, like if you haven't felt any of these things, if you've felt only one or two of these things, that's okay. If you've felt something entirely different than what I'm about to go through, that's also okay. So um, again, I just want to make sure that we are all aware of the fact that breakups come in many different shapes, sizes, circumstances, timelines. Um, And the timeline thing kind of brings me to my last disclaimer. It's not a timeline. It's not that you feel anger for three weeks and then bargaining for three weeks and then sadness for four. There's no timeline on any of these things. I know that's like the question that people wish I could answer the most is how long does it take to get over your ex? And there's just no right answer to it. I could tell you and I could, you know, essentially if I told you an answer, I'd be making it up because it's just not a reality A lot of it depends on how long you were together and the circumstances of the breakup and how the breakup was handled when it first happened and all of those things. So those are the disclaimers. I hope we're all on the same page. You guys know if you've been a longtime listener to my podcast, you know I love disclaimers. Okay, so let's get into the different stages of a breakup in no particular order. So the first one is, I call it shock. I think typically this happens in the very beginning, especially if this was a breakup that you were completely blindsided by. It's such a shock to the system. And, you know, it's like one of those things where you go to bed on a Tuesday thinking you're in a happy relationship And then by Wednesday night, you're not in a relationship. That's a very traumatic, significant change. So shock is something really common that comes out of it. And this is probably the reason why I get messages sometimes saying, 
my breakup just happened and I haven't even really cried yet. I think, and I'm, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I do know that our body does a really, really incredible job of protecting us from trauma. That's why when someone goes through a traumatic situation, sometimes they don't have memories of it because their body's like, I'm not imprinting this on their memory. So our body does a really good job of trying to protect us in that way. And so sometimes the feelings are wrapped up in shock and you're not going to cry right away. It's actually like probably more than anything, you feel numb to the whole thing. Uh, You might have to continue to remind yourself that the breakup happened. I've definitely experienced this where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're no longer with this person. Um, And it's just you're a little shell-shocked. That doesn't mean you're not sad about it. That doesn't mean you won't be sad about it. I think it's just something that happens in the beginning, especially if it's not something that you were expecting. The next stage is anger. And I think depending on the circumstances of your breakup will determine when you get to the point of feeling anger. So if your breakup happened because your ex cheated on you or something like that, you're obviously going to feel anger more immediately than someone whose relationship from the outside and by all appearances seemed great and that there was nothing wrong. However, I really do think anger is incredibly important to be able to process when you're going through a breakup. I have, it's a very early episode, but I have an entire episode on the importance of feeling angry. I mean, here's the thing. If you start your breakup off with anger, it's so important to get that out not not t- directed towards anyone, but it's just really important to have some kind of channel or outlet where you get that out, whether that's a journal or through your exercise program or literally whatever that looks like. Anger is important to get out. Screaming into a pillow, I don't care. But for people that come to anger later on in their breakup, it's important because it's that thing that kind of breaks the facade of your ex being up on the pedestal. If you are just thinking that your ex, and I'll talk about this because it has to do with another stage, but when you think your ex is perfect and you think your relationship was perfect, you're probably not going to feel angry. You are just going to be sad and miss them. But when you can get to that place of starting to be able to look at the relationship a little bit more realistically and objectively, you're going to find little holes in your facade of what you thought your ex was, and that's going to lead you to get angry. So for me, when I went through my breakup in 2015, it took me a while to be able to feel angry at all because, as you guys know, I got broken up with because he just didn't want to get married and... To me, that didn't feel like something I could be angry about because he was just telling me the truth. And I thought our relationship was amazing, except for the fact that he didn't want to get married. It took a lot of journaling. It took a lot of processing and talking through the whole situation until I finally got to a place where I realized it didn't really matter 
what I quote unquote should be mad at. I was really mad at the fact that he stayed in a relationship knowing I wanted to get married and he didn't want to get married. So I got to this place where I was like, that's really selfish of him to have stayed when, you know, we both were pretty clear about our intentions. So I got to this place where I got to get really angry. I wrote a really (laughs) angry, spiteful letter to him that I did not ever send. And that's the key, did not ever send. So anger, again, is whether you start out with it, whether you have to work at it a little bit, I think that's an important like checkbox to get through in your breakup. And I would say if it's been a long period of time and you have not felt angry, I think that's probably an indication that you need to dig a little bit more into the reality of your relationship, of what your relationship was. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. So the next one is uh, bargaining, and you'll probably remember bargaining. Bargaining is on the five stages of grief, but I think bargaining in a breakup, I think can be pretty harmful, at least the ways that I have used bargaining in the past when I'm going through a breakup. So bargaining in a breakup would be trying to figure out why your ex broke up with you and then basically going to them and saying, I'll change. We can work this out. Bargaining is essentially like fighting the breakup. And it's, again, it's normal. The reason it's on here is because it's very common for people to do. And I think we've all done that when we've been broken up with. We'll say, well, what do you mean? Um, What do you mean we can't work this out? Of course we can work this out. We can try this and we can do this. 
Uh, But when the breakup is very clear that it happened and you're still jumping into bargaining, the reason it can be dangerous is because when you're bargaining, you start kind of chipping away at your values and what's important to you. So let's go back to the example of when I got broken up with because they didn't want to get married. For me, and I'm very glad I never said this out loud, but for me, my internal bargaining that I was doing is I actually went through this thought process of maybe I don't have to get married. Maybe I don't really want to get married. Maybe this person is more important to me than something that I thought that I've wanted my entire life. So bargaining is the thing where you just start giving away pieces of you and your values that not only like lowers self-worth, self-esteem, but that's when you're going to make a compromise that sounds good at the time because all you're focused on is getting this person back. But let's say, you know, let's go back to my example. Let's say I did tell them that, oh, I don't need to get married. Um, I've changed my mind. I just want to be with you, whatever that looks like. And then we get back together three years down the road. I'm like, shit, I do really want to get married. And then I'm pissed. I'm resentful at him. I'm resentful at me because I compromise. So bargaining can lead to compromises that you're going to make that you probably wouldn't normally make, but you're just so desperate in that moment that you do. So what I would recommend if you're in the bargaining stage I probably wouldn't voice any of those things to your ex until you've had like a cooling off period and don't make those kind of bargains when you're in that really low, desperate place because that's when you're going to make decisions and make promises that you actually don't entirely mean. Um, The bargaining process, it will end, it will pass. Um, But again, just be really aware when you're in that and when you're feeling that place of like, I'll do anything to get them back. You should never be willing to do anything to get anyone to be in your life. I will just say that. Because if you're willing to do anything, that means you're willing to let go of yourself. And that never makes for a healthy relationship. The next stage of a breakup, and this one's I think pretty obvious, but sadness, uh, feeling sad. And so sadness, this could also be called grief. But when you get to the place where you're not angry, you're not fighting, you're just sad. You're just sad. And it's not a fun place to be in by any means, because at least when you're bargaining, you feel like you're fighting for something. When you're angry, you feel self-righteous and justified in how you're feeling. But when you're just sad, and you're just laying in bed and you're crying and you just miss the person and you're just sad that the situation has ended up like this, that you don't have this person in your life anymore. And as sad as it is to be in a place of sadness, it's very, very important because I think a lot of people like to uh, skip over sadness because it feels crappy. It feels low. Um, You may have grown up in a family where sadness is almost equated to weakness. Um, So it kind of just depends on like what your thoughts are on sadness. Sadness is important. Crying is so important. It's so therapeutic. It's a release. 
Um, if you don't feel those feelings of sadness, I can almost guarantee that they will get stuff down and they'll probably morph into something else like anger or resentment or something like that. So it's very important to feel the sadness. It's just not something that we get to, we don't have the luxury to skip over sadness. Um, it's important to have those nights where you're on the couch crying. It's important to be in the car crying. Like it's, it's just very important to cry. It's really important to honor those feelings of I'm sad that I lost this important person in my life. So the next one is avoidance. Um, and this looks different for everyone. And this relates to what I was talking about with sadness. There are certain feelings and stages that you probably don't like. Uh, a lot of people don't like feeling sad. I actually for a really long time didn't like feeling mad. So avoidance is when you're in that stage where you just don't love how you're feeling. So you'll pretty much do anything to not feel it. For me, I'll speak from personal experience, but for me, when I'm in that stage of avoidance, I get really freaking busy. I will take on any project. I'll always find something around the house to do. I'll throw myself into work. Uh, I will avoid my emotions by not stopping, essentially, because if I stop, then the feelings will come up. So you might avoid them by numbing out on social media, numbing out watching TV or video games. You might get into that avoidance by wanting to get online and on online dating apps and see who else is out there. So basically, avoidance is just anything that is distracting you from your feelings. And I want to make sure I say this. It's not always a bad thing. I think in the beginning, the feelings of a breakup are so gnarly. They're so strong that it's actually good to have a little bit of avoidance and compartmentalization and distraction to be able to just function in your day-to-day -day life. So it's okay to not sit in those feelings, those intense feelings all the time. So whether that's you need to really lock yourself into work to step into some avoidance so you're not crying at your desk in, in front of your boss. Um, so avoidance sometimes gets a really bad rap. I think it's something that everyone who's going through a breakup is going to step into and step out of and step back into and then step out of. Um, but it is a stage that we go through. And the thing to keep an eye on is if you are avoiding things for too long. For me, what I will notice is typically when I really step into avoidance and I get really, really busy and I just have to throw myself into everything, Without fail, I'll burn out, um, I'll get sick, or I'll just get so tired and burnt out, and then I stop, and then I have a huge emotional breakdown because of all the things that I have been avoiding, and it's just not a good way to live with those really gnarly up and downs. Okay, so I have two stages left. Um, the next one is the romanticizing or like the overly sentimental part of going through a breakup. This is where your ex is up on the pedestal. Your ex is like sacred. Uh, the relationship was the best relationship in the entire world. You in that stage, you are convinced you will never find someone as good. Again, everyone's going to go through this phase. I typically um, in 
my experience, I go through the romanticizing in the very beginning. It's where you can't tell me anything bad about my ex. They were perfect. I needed to worship the ground they were walking on. You cannot tell me that it's going to work out, that we didn't end up together. So when you were in this stage, it's really important to try to be aware that you're in this stage because when you're in this stage, you're just not thinking clearly. (laughs) You are um, exaggerating the good. You are diminishing the bad or avoiding the bad altogether And this is going to make you feel significantly worse about your breakup because all you're thinking about is what you're missing out on and you're not able to see why it's a good thing that the breakup happened. So it's not like you need to like burst your own bubble right away, but it's just important to be like, okay, I'm feeling very sentimental. I'm like feeling the need to look at old pictures. I want to just live through every great moment that we had in my own mind. Um, Okay, so I need to be aware of this. I shouldn't look at old pictures right now. I shouldn't reach out to my ex right now at all. Um, So again, normal stage, but just be aware of it. And then the last one is acceptance and The acceptance, it doesn't necessarily have to be the end goal. Um, I mean, it's nice to be able to get to that place. But what I mean by that is you can get to a place of acceptance and then go back to anger. You can get to a place of acceptance and go back to sadness. It doesn't mean like, okay, I've reached acceptance. I'm done with feeling bad about this breakup. Acceptance is when you can get to the place where you accept that the breakup happened, you accept your feelings around the breakup. It doesn't mean that you're totally over it or that you're healed. It just means that you are in acceptance of what your ex did, your acceptance of how you've handled it. You are in acceptance of the fact that I had a nice relationship with ups and downs. That's the thing. Like When you get to the place of acceptance, it's important to remember the relationship had good and it had bad. And acceptance doesn't mean like, I wish my ex the best. I'm so happy that they're doing so well. It doesn't have to be that. It just means like, I feel good with how I am right now. Like if I'm just looking at me in my little bubble, how do I feel? I can go to bed with some peace. I can go, you know, a couple days without crying. Like acceptance is going to mean something different to everyone. I remember when I got to the place of, wow, I'm really liking my life single. I realized I was on vacation with my family and I was like, I can do whatever I want. I can literally do whatever I want. And that was a really beautiful place for me to get to. Um, Was I sad again about the breakup? A hundred percent. But again, it was like this little glimmer of acceptance and hope and reminding me that things were gonna be okay. So I hope that gives you guys like, some of the ups and downs that can happen um, during the breakup. Again, all of your feelings are normal. They're valid. I have yet to come across a situation where someone says, I'm feeling this way. And I say, wow, you're completely abnormal. That's never happened before. I've never heard of that. That's just not how it works. Um, So hopefully these like kind of buckets of stages will help you Feel like you're on the right track because if you're someone that's listening to a breakup podcast and you're seeking help for your breakup, like you're doing some of the right things here. And a lot of this is just going to be time.
time. Um, I don't think time on its own heals a breakup entirely, but it definitely helps. There's no magic pill that will make your breakup pain go away in a matter of days or weeks. It just, it takes some time. So I will see you guys back here again next week for another amazing expert episode. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.